0: It's a funny question, but it's an important question. But it's maybe about a subject that we have not yet talked much about, but which is still quite important. So, the question that one woman asked me, was literally phrased like, help, my boyfriend is like a Neanderthal in bed. And okay, I thought it was well expressed. And it's definitely an issue that I encounter with many of the people that I see. And uh, all right, this is also actually very important. You know? Love relationships are very important, and sex is a part of that. So if that really is not satisfying, then that will create problems. You know? And then how do you want to meditate? So it all hangs together. So these things also are important to, to answer. So what that lady basically means is that her boyfriend, even though he is really nice and takes good care for her and she has not much complaint on other levels, when the sexual game starts happening, he responds in a very primitive way. No, that's why she used that word Neanderthal and uh, is very rapidly, very excited and goes into it, let's say, no foreplay and finishes it off really quickly and then also even dares to just fall asleep. <laughs> leaving his girlfriend behind quite unsatisfied. So there there are many things actually at play. But we have to understand, both from Vedic science as from Western science, that men and women, in general, are different when it comes to sex. And that only if we know about these differences and respect them, we can have a good sexual relationship. And I have to be very careful with these things. If I say men are like this and women are like that, that's dangerous ground. So whenever I say something like that, what I mean is on average. Mm -hmm. Because clearly there are some females who are more male than some males. And there are some males who are more female than some females. So in that way, it's a little difficult to talk about it. But so I talk in general way. And uh, so looking at it from the point of view of Western science, in evolution theory, you know, Darwinism and everything which came after that, then the way in which the body functions when it comes to sex with women and men is very different because they have a very different position. Men are supposed to spread their genes, no, spread their seed as much as possible in as many as possible wombs, no? That is very typical also in in animals. We can see that. While women who have to bear the child and have to give birth to the child and then raise the child, they are very different there. They are programmed to only get involved in sex whenever they feel there is enough security. So women are pre-programmed and again there, okay, some women are different than others and, you know, I don't want to overly generalize that. But generally speaking, women are much more slow to be sexually aroused because that is protecting them from having sex in a situation which is not very, like, secure, when it then comes later to being pregnant, giving birth and raising a child. So, they are in that way also programmed to be much more selective. What kind of partner they seek? The man is not programmed like that. As I said, as many as possible. That is his programming. But the programming in in women is, okay, find one who may also then help to raise that child, help to protect the pregnant mother, um, you know, help in that way, be strong, but at the same time kind. Mm? That's always also in discussions, often like a confusion, that women on the one side, they want like a strong, relatively male guy, but at the same time, they also expect them to be kind and caring. And and in that way, have also some more, let's say, feminine qualities. But that's precisely because that's the kind of partner with whom, you know, you can successfully raise a child. In most men, you can say to become sexually aroused is this, no? (laughs) It goes very quickly. While in women, mostly, they need more time. So then if you have a Neanderthal in your bed as a woman, yeah, it's not working. No, Very often this creates many big problems because if a woman is not physically aroused, then entry uh, will also be either painful or difficult or whatever, you know, create a lot of problems. No? And certainly not enjoyable. No? So in that way, men have to understand this And have to, yeah, a little bit hold back that urge to go in and finish quickly. They have to control it and be a man also in that way. Be able to control that and take the time to bring the woman to the place where then she also starts feeling this urge, because it's not that women cannot feel that strong urge. You no, know? Definitely they can. It only, in general, usually takes more time. And takes more, you could say, romance. Takes more beautiful, like, surrounding, some candlelight, some nice music. I don't know, you know, what they're into. And I'm not saying that is so important for every woman. But that is also biologically pre-programmed, because such a nice, cozy place is also the same place where you'd want to raise a child. It's comfortable. It's it's pleasant. So, in that way, men should take their time, hold their urge. And there, when I talk to couples or men like that, on that subject... I always tell them that actually for them also there is there a huge benefit because if they can postpone that urge and in that way postpone let's say the orgasm and really go slow then whenever their orgasm comes it will be much stronger much bigger much more enjoyable than if they go in very quickly and that is something so many men I have experienced, they have no idea about. Which <laughs> is a pity for them also, and for the women also. You know? So if they take more time for them, ultimately, it will also be more enjoyable. And for the women, certainly, it will be a lot more enjoyable. Okay, I'm not saying that women also there should not to some degree also accept men to have this programming. And let's say a little bit, okay, meet each other in the middle. And not require foreplay for two hours. For the man that is going so much against his programming that it's like torture or something. So both have to a little bit meet each other there in the middle. But definitely, mostly the guys, they have to you know, keep it under control, knowing that also for them ultimately this will give the most satisfaction. You no, know? because definitely when we have sex that is what we are seeking. We're seeking to satisfy a certain desire, and improperly satisfying it is actually also very damaging. And so for both this is very important. You no. Know? So also in that way, um there is a bit of a difference I'm again generalizing, but okay. There's a bit of a difference in terms of frequency. Men, pre-programmed to be always ready. So, they are always ready, (laughs) basically. Unless they may be terribly tired or unhappy or something like that. But even then, men, you know, they don't need much. But women generally will be, you know, somewhat less having this urge to, you know, like get at it every day. And um, so that also should be respected from both sides, as I said. No? Meet each other there in the middle and find a kind of frequency which also depends on, on the person, on the age, on, on the number of factors, let's say. Um, and make sure that when it is happening, that it is satisfying. Because if it's not... It creates a lot of negative feeling from deep down. You no. Know? This is the body we're talking about, you no? Know? Some feelings also come from the body. So it'll create a certain kind of dissatisfaction which will yeah, play a role in the hours and days to come. You know? So how to meditate then? No? <laughs> so yeah, better make it good, take the time, no? And um definitely then also there is another aspect to this story which is more clearly explained in Vedic lore, let's say around sexuality, I mean Indian society these days, or in the past century I would say, is quite um how you say that, prude, but uh, originally it was not at all. And They produced Kama Sutra for a reason, because they had quite a culture around sexuality. They understood a lot about it. And so there we find another difference, which is maybe a little bit also less to do with the difference between men and women, but it does play a role there. Um, but is more also to do with, I would say, the spiritual maturity of the person, whether he is a man or a woman, and that has to do with the chakra system. You can say sexuality basically is related to second chakra, no? where all sensory desire is there, and all desire also of mind to, you know, have all kinds of experiences is there. No? but. That is a relatively, let's say, low level to have sex, you No, know? If we only have sex on that level, then, for example, to have satisfying sex for a long time with the same partner will be very difficult, because it's always the same. And mind always wants to change, wants to try this, wants to try that. So there in Skama Sutra, for example, you have all these postures and things you can do, sure. You know? But after a while it becomes more difficult to always do it with the same person. Mind likes variety. Mind easily gets bored. So then such a relationship based on a sexuality which is only second chakra based, it usually cannot last so long. And the eyes will start going in other directions. Some desire may come there. So there the, the great solution that is brought forward and to which women more naturally come, I would say, but men definitely also can come there, is to not just have sex, but also make love. You know, so that also the heart chakra is involved. So that is something which is in our culture, in a way, quite absent. You know? I mean, um, not totally, but but still largely ignored when people are having sex that this is the time to first of all focus on the love between bulls in whichever way, no? It's a matter of focus. So okay. It's a matter of attention. Where are you, no? Are you in your mind purely playing sexual games? Or are you really, in your heart, feeling very closely connected? And wanting that connection also then to become physical and to feel that person, to caress that person, to pleasure that person because of the love that you feel for that person and not because of the pleasure that you yourself are seeking. And so this is a very different kind of sexuality than that may be developed when we are... Um, making love from the heart chakra. And, you know, that again, I can promise for those to whom this is maybe a little bit unknown territory, which is certainly not for everybody, but for those for whom this is unfamiliar, I can promise that whatever you will feel on the level of the senses, on the level of the body, will be so much stronger, so much greater, so much fueled, by that love. So that is really what then truly brings two people together and where sexuality truly becomes such a um, motor for the relationship, becomes such a generator of love and, and such a power that, that, you know, brings the couple through all kinds of hardships which everybody has. I mean, they're part of life, you know? And what we are actually more seeing in, let's say, modern society, is that instead of adding fourth chakra to the sexual game, people are more and more adding third chakra to the sexual game. Third chakra, which has to do with the ego, with our feeling of self-importance. And then you get all kinds of sexual games or role plays or whatever. I'm not saying this is not to be done or something but where one is dominant over the other. And either from a feeling of dominance or from a feeling of being dominated, some kind of pleasure of the ego is getting involved. It's very hard to combine that with a true feeling of love. And anyhow, also that is a game which, let's say, limited time in which it will be satisfying. Because also there, you know, the ego will just want more and more and more until, you know, the more becomes somebody else. While on the contrary, if we can make love from the heart, not involve the ego too much. I mean, the ego should be pleased already, you know? Somebody is willing to be so close to us. That should be, you know, satisfying enough there. But if we can do it no, from the love and the body will, let's say, explode in, in sensation fueled by that energy of love. Then, you know, you can be 80 years old, it will still work, you know. And you'll be still together and, and that will still be something worthwhile you know, in, in your life and supporting your relationship, which really also it should, you know. And... Um, so, I think that answers this lady's question. And Maybe just for the sake of completion, um, I might add that there's of course also then six Chakra which can be involved, making it more like a Tantric experience, making it more like a Bhakti, where the personal pleasure is not so much the objective, but where the sexual energy is really uh, offered to the Divine and used as a way to get more connected there and get some exchange, which can be very beneficial in spiritual progress. But okay, I don't really want to go into that anymore, but I think it's like important to complete that chakra story when it comes to sex. Important there also to understand is how second chakra, fourth chakra, and sixth chakra, they are the lunar chakras. They are the chakras that have to do with feeling. And sexuality also is something definitely which has to do primarily with feeling. While the first chakra, third chakra and fifth chakra have to do more with the solar energy of thinking, of acting, of doing, of achieving. And that is the mistake that is made when we start involving, for example, third chakra. Sex is not an achievement. Sex is not something you know where self-importance should be sought, you no, know? and definitely also not something which should be too much thought about. Fifth chakra, you no. Know? It's not a science. It's something natural happening. You know? Well, obviously, the sense of touch is the one related to the heart chakra. Um, to the fourth chakra, where no, the love is, so definitely then touch is a very logical way to communicate love, and uh, touching another person really is something miraculous, no? in a way, I mean, no, I Personally, you know, I have no problem, first of all, to talk about these things, because I think it's one of the most important things in life. No? We can say, no, what is the ultimate Leela? Love. Hmm? Sure. And then, okay, there's the Leela of love with everybody, okay. But I would still say that the ultimate Leela of love is with one other person, no? where you really get this, you know, connection. And then what is the ultimate, like... Experience within that connection between two people, no, when it comes to love. Sorry, I think it's sex, no, so it is very important. And if it's done in the wrong way, it can be very damaging for that reason, also, because it is really very important. If it would be unimportant, then you know, whatever goes wrong there, nobody would care, but it can really hurt a lot if it goes wrong there, if people like don't understand each other and treat each other in wrong way or something, even when it's usually done out of ignorance, but okay. Is is, you know, it's very damaging, very very painful. No. So if we're talking about the ego, that's one of the things where we are the most sensitive. Are we sexually attractive? Are we like a good sexual partner or not? Whoa. These are very, very tough questions. <laughs> if somebody questions that in front of us, you know, oh, that's a tough one, you no? Know? So, but many people are really too ignorant about it, you no? Know? This this society, I mean, it's a uh, credible in a way, you no? Know? We have this huge information society, you no? Know? Everything available. But on that level, only rubbish available, you no? Know? And lots of it, but real good understanding and good tips, let's say, hard to find for people, I think. Like, if you're young and, and you're struggling with this and you're trying to find something, not easy. I'm not saying is not existing, it is there, no?